أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على صلاة سلام حي على الفلاح حي على الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأن محمدا عبده ورسوله قال الله تعالى والذين تبوأوا الدار والإيمان من قبلهم يحبون من هاجر إليهم ولا يجدون في صدورهم حاجة مما أوتوا ويؤثرون نبهم خصاصة ومن يقشح نفسه فأولئك هم المفلحون صدق الله العظيم My most respected علماء elders, brothers, and mothers and sisters that may be listening from home. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. There's a beautiful hadith narrated by Anas radiallahu an that appears in the compilation of Sahih Bukhari wherein Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions ثَلَاثٌ مَنْ كُنَّ فِيهِ وَجَدَ حَلَاوَةَ الْإِيمَانِ That there are three things. If they are found in a person, that person will find the sweetness of Iman. أَيَّكُونَ اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ أَحَبَّ إِلَيْهِ مِمَّا سِوَاهُمَا The first, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are the most beloved to this person besides everybody else. وَأَيُّ حِبَّ الْمَرْأَةِ 
لا يحبه إلا لله. The second quality is that this person he loves another person only for the sake of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. And the third quality is that that person hates to revert to kufr, to disbelieve in Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, just as he hates being thrown into the fire. Now, ulama explained that when we talk about iman, belief in the heart of a person, the technical definition of iman is that a person believes in the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa taala, and he believes in the finality of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam as the final messenger. Technically, the person who brings iman on that has iman. But when we find different Aspects in the ahadith talking about having iman or the sweetness of iman. This talks about the completion and the perfection of a person's iman. In another hadith, لا يؤمن أحدكم None of you has iman, meaning none of you will perfect his iman, will complete his iman. حتى يحب لأخيه ما يحب لنفسه until he loves for his fellow brother. That which he loves for himself. So, in this hadith that was mentioned in the beginning, there are three qualities, and I would like to focus on the second quality of love, unity, brotherhood, and mutual assistance. One of the qualities Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is mentioning here is having love for one's fellow Muslim brother or sister solely for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa taala. Now you will find that this concept of mutual brotherhood, the concept of loving one another for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa taala, this is at the very core of iman and Islam. Different ahadith mentioned by Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, extolling the virtues of loving one another, of assisting one another, of building the sense of community, of having mutual assistance and brotherhood between two Muslims. And the great rewards that are offered to people who have these qualities within them. Another hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, wherein a person asked, "Ya Rasulullah, ayyul Islami afdal?" O Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, what portion of Islam is the best? Nabi alaihi salam mentions, "Man salim al Muslimun min lisanihi wa yadi." What is the best form of Islam that other Muslims around you are safe? From your harm, whether it be from your hand or your tongue. Another hadith mentioned by Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam that you will not enter Jannah until you have perfect iman, and you will not have perfect iman until you have mutual love amongst yourselves. Now we find that one of the greatest examples of love, unity, brotherhood, mutual assistance was shown to us. By the Ansar, the helpers, and the residents of Medina Munawwara, and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala revealed verses in Surah Al-Hashr, talking about these great qualities that the Ansar of Medina Munawwara had in them. Picture the situation: there is a small farming community in a desert, not a very well-off community, and suddenly immigrants into this community. People that have left a nearby town or village, Makkah Mukarrama, with very little by way of possessions, sometimes only the clothes on their backs, and they have come this town expecting or requiring food, 
shelter, any means to earn a livelihood. Now let us compare that and contrast that to the many, many examples around us in the world today and sometimes even in our own communities, wherein people are forced to leave their homes as because of atrocities that are committed against them. Sometimes it is an atrocity that is perpetrated by a Muslim against a Muslim to seek refuge in the town of another Muslim. But we find that we are very apprehensive towards these refugees. If they are lucky, perhaps they may get a camp with the basic amenities. We are concerned that perhaps they may come with crime, they may come with diseases, they may come and steal the resources of the land that they are seeking refuge in. They may upset the economy and take away the jobs of the people that are there. And we see this throughout the world. In different parts of the world, there's no difference. This issue that we see is beyond color, it's beyond creed, it's beyond socio-economic status. Now let us look at how the Ansar of Medina Munawwara opened up their hearts. Not just their homes, but they opened up their hearts, their homes, their lives, their livelihoods, totally to the Muhajirun, to the immigrants that came from Makkah Mukarramah. And they did this solely for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that وَالَّذِينَ تَبَوَّأُوا الدَّارَ وَالْإِيمَانَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِمْ يُحِبُّونَ مَنْ هَاجَرَ إِلَيْهِمْ The first quality, they had love for those who are immigrating towards them. وَلَا يَجِدُونَ فِي صُدُورِهِمْ حَاجَةً مِمَّا أُوتُوا and they did not find any discomfort. They did not find it difficult to bear whatever was given and required for those people that came without anything. And they gave preference to the others over themselves. Not because they were wealthy, not because they had the means, but they gave preference over themselves, even though they themselves were in need. So these are three qualities that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions about the Ansar of Medina and the love, the brotherhood, the mutual assistance that they exemplified, the highest level of love that they showed for their fellow Muslim brothers. When the Muhajirun came to Medina Munawwara, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam established bonds of brotherhood between the muhajirun, the immigrants, and the ansar, who were called the ansar, they were the inhabitants of Medina Munawwara. He established bonds of brotherhood at an individual basis, pairing up one from Makkah Mukarramah with a resident of Medina Munawwara, so that they may assist each other. But the ansar of Medina Munawwara went above and beyond. Hadith comes in Bukhari, Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf radiallahu an mentions that when I came to Medina Munawwara as an immigrant, I was paired up by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with Hazrat Saad ibn Rabi' radiallahu an. And Saad radiallahu an said to me that I am from amongst the wealthiest Ansar in Medina Munawwara. So my wealth, I will split it in half. You take half, I will take half. I have two wives. Decide which of the two you prefer and I will give her talaq and after her idda is completed, you may marry her. This is how they opened up their hearts and their lives and their livelihoods to the immigrants of Medina Munawar. Hazrat Abdul Rahman radiallahu an, he mentioned that that is not necessary. Show me to the marketplace 
and I will continue and I will begin my trade. That is a different story, but highlighting the point of how Sahaba radiallahu anhum interacted. So this particular verse, there are different reasons why this verse, first part, wherein Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that, وَالَّذِينَ لَا يَجِدُونَ فِي صُدُورِهِمْ حَاجَةً مِمَّا أُوتُوا Shortly after the muhajirun had come to Madinah Munawwara, and let us look at these examples and then internalize them, contextualize them. Ask ourselves, if we were established in that community, and a group of refugees came, how would we have shown our mutual love and brotherhood? So shortly after this, the Muslims of Medina, they acquired the wealth of two Jewish, Jewish tribes, the Banu Nadir, and, and they were expelled. And when the wealth came to them, Rasulullah wasallam he assembled all of the Ansar. And he addressed them and he said to them that if you wish this wealth that has come to us, and I will give half to the Muhajirun and half to the Ansar. Or alternately, if you will permit me, I will give all of this wealth to the poor Muhajirun, those who are refugees, who are homeless, and they can and they will be able to move out of your homes. But I leave it up to you. So on this occasion, two of the leaders of the Ansar, Hazrat Sa'ad bin Mu'adh and Hazrat Sa'ad bin Ubadah radiallahu an, anhumah, they stood up and they said, Oh Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that it is our desire that you give all of this wealth to our immigrant brothers. But over and above that, they are welcome to remain and reside with us indefinitely. The Ansar then stood up and unanimously agreed to this decision. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam became extremely joyed, overjoyed because of this beautiful quality where they gave uh, uh, this wealth was being given to the muhajirun. The next part of the verse, looking at the next quality of the Ansar, that they gave preference to others over themselves, even though they themselves were in need. Now there are multiple incidents that are recorded as to the reason for the, the, uh, the revelation of this particular part of the verse. One incident is mentioned in Tirmidhi, and many of us may have heard this, wherein a guest came to the home of the Ansar, of one of the Ansar. And when he came there, this Ansari asked his wife that, what do we have to present to this guest? So, of course, at that time, there were no chest freezers where samosas could be taken out and fried, or there were no takeaways that you could place an order on Mr. Delivery or Uber Eats. And in fact, these people were living hand to mouth. So the, the wife says to the husband that we have no food in our house except sufficient for our children and for ourselves. We don't have anything for this guest. So this Ansari then mentions or says to his wife that put the children to sleep while they are hungry. Let them fall off to sleep. Thereafter, we will devise a plan whereby we will switch off the lamps and pretend that the oil has been extinguished from the lamp, present the food on the table, we will sit nearby and pretend to be eating so that our guest will have sufficient to eat, but the guest will not be uncomfortable thinking that there isn't enough food. What a beautiful plan that was created by this husband and wife team. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed verses on this occasion that will be read to the day of Qiyamah. They gave preference to others 
whilst they themselves were in need. They gave preference to others whilst they themselves were in need. So we learn from this particular verse that these beautiful qualities of love, unity, mutual assistance, giving ithar, giving preference to others, not only financially, not only financially, but in all aspects of our life, these are from amongst the noble qualities that the Sahaba radiallahu anhum had, which we need to bring into our lives to perfect our iman. And we find the last part of this verse. What prevents us? What is that evil quality that prevents us from having this ability to love one another completely, unconditionally, to assist one another, to support one another, whether it be in business, whether it be on a personal level, on a social level. This verse and mentions that the one who is saved from the shuh of his the shuh of his nafs, then those are the ones who are successful. What is the meaning of this word shuh? If we translate it into English, it translates into avarice. Avarice. Now many of us may not know what is the meaning of avarice. Avarice is to have an intense form of greed for wealth and material gain. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is advising us that the one who is full gain, then that is the one who is successful. Ulama mentioned that the Ansar had these beautiful qualities of mutual brotherhood, mutual assistance. They had these qualities because in their hearts they were immune from this toxic disease of avarice. They were immune from this toxic disease of nafs and nafsi, myself, me, ana. They were immune from this toxic disease. And when they had this disease taken out from their hearts, then it was easy for them to have these beautiful qualities of giving preference to one another, of assisting our fellow Muslim brothers, of supporting them financially and otherwise. Supporting them financially and otherwise. And we find that this quality of giving preference to others was a salient quality amongst our akabir, a salient quality amongst our salafus salihin, our pious predecessors. All of them had this quality within them. There is a story that is mentioned about Hazrat Mawlana Hussein Ahmad Madani, rahmatullahi alayhi, who was Hazrat Madani. Hazrat Madani was the Shaykh al-Hadith of Darul Ulum Dioband. And most of the ulama today trace their lineage in hadith back to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam via Hazrat Madani in some way, shape or form. Hazrat Madani lectured hadith in Darul Ulum Dioban for more than three decades. And prior to that, he had lectured on hadith in front of the Roza Mubarak of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, a great personality. He was also one of the leading freedom fighters for the independence of India from the yoke of British colonialism. Hazrat Madani was once traveling in a train in India. Now imagine such a great person, such great qualities, a senior lecturer, professor of hadith. He's traveling in the train and he sees there's an elderly Hindu person that is sitting in front of him. And this Hindu old man, he goes to the toilet, but very quickly he returns. So Hazrat Rahmatullahi Ali realizes that this person probably didn't make it to the toilet. But he could see now that this person was becoming agitated. He obviously required the use of the toilet. So he asked him that, Lalaji, what is, what is the issue? What happened? 
So this person says to him that I went to the toilet, but it's extremely, extremely dirty. I can't bring myself to use this toilet. So Hazrat Madani doesn't say anything. He remains quiet. Quietly he gets up. He goes to the toilet and he himself takes some cloth and he cleans this entire toilet. Now those people who have traveled to India and have traveled by third class train, personally I haven't traveled, but whoever I've spoken to and those of you that have traveled can understand the state of the toilet in a third class train in the 1920s, 30s and 40s in India. This senior professor of hadith, he cleans the toilet himself. When he comes back, he doesn't say anything. He just mentions to this person that you may now, person goes, he relieves himself. When he comes back, he is in such awe, he is in tears that Hazrat Madani has done this and he accepts Islam. So this is the preference that was given by our Akabir for the welfare, the well-being of one another. And we learn this from the Ansar of Medina. And in conclusion, we find that these qualities, firstly, يُحِبُّونَ مَنْ هَاجَرَ إِلَيْهِمْ They had great love for those who came to them. And they did not find it difficult to give them whatever wealth was required, even if it meant giving up their own rights in that wealth. And they gave preference to them, despite themselves having a need. How do we engender this love in our hearts? This final hadith. Nabi salam mentions that, لَا تَدْخُلُونَ الْجَنَّةَ حَتَّى تُؤْمِنُوا that you will not enter Jannah until you bring perfect Iman and you will not have perfect Iman until you love one another. Nabi salam mentions, can I show you something that if you practice upon it, it will engender love amongst you. Afshus salama baynakum. Begin with making salam to one another. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq to bring this love in our hearts, to have this unity in our hearts, to have mutual assistance for one another in our hearts. Wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.